everybody, and Hello. welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. It's a podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are, are never better, better than, than the originals. originals. And we are covering the DC Extended Why are you going Universe. So fast? I don't Calm know. Down. I just thought it would be fun for Did our listeners. Do you hate listeners. this movie that much? No. You just want to blow through it? No, actually. I it's so t- so we are covering the DC Extended Universe, and this is the Macaw Podcast Universe. I'm Micah Macaw. I'm Jordan Macaw. And we just wanted to provide a little bit of different flavor. Maybe you're binging these, and, and you start this one, and you're like, whoa, this is different. What did I miss? Yeah, so that's that's why I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm very interested to talk about this movie. I know. Because I got the impression last night, I got the impression that you were kind of like... Eh, about the movie, but with maybe some positives. Okay. And I... And I got the impression from you... Yes. ...that you really like this movie. Especially the second time around, you're like, that is a really good movie. Yeah, I think this is a really good movie. Um, There there are things I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the this thing... This was... Sorry. First, a airplane movie for you. Right? Yeah. Is this when... This would have been our flight from... Was it our honeymoon? This, Portland to Barcelona. That can't be what it was. L.A. to Barcelona. Yeah, or is back. when I watched this. Yeah. No, this was there. I it think was, this there? was there. Okay. Did uh, you watch Homecoming on the plane? You had never seen it. Wasn't that true? Yeah, I watched Homecoming and Wonder Woman. Because I remember, I I just have this like a little bit of a memory of you be like, <sighs> okay, I'm gonna watch Homecoming. Not that you didn't think it was gonna be good, but you know, we got Tobey Maguire. We got the yeah. the train wreck of Andrew Garfield, and you're you're like bracing yourself, and then you're like, "That was really good," because I yeah, had seen it before you did for some reason. It was a great movie. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I convinced myself that I wouldn't like that movie before it came out because even the Amazing Spider-Man movies, I liked them when I saw them in theaters. I just like Spider-Man so much that oh yeah, you, your expectations can't not be high, you know, for you. Like, because you love it so much? No, but I'm saying, like, I... The Amazing Spider-Man movies are not good. Yeah. But when I saw them in theaters, I was like, yeah, I like these. But that's what that's I'm saying. That's how much I like them. I, I almost feel like when Homecoming came out, you didn't see it, and then you finally watched it on a plane, like, your expectations can't not be high, so you're a little like, is oh, this going to sure. be another Andrew Garfield thing? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. But, um... Yeah, watch this on a plane. I'm I'm pretty sure it was Homecoming and this movie there on the way there. Uh-huh. And then um I at some point I watched Kong Skull Island. I don't know if that was on the way there or on the way home. I watched that after you watched it cuz you were like that was good good. Yeah, yeah. Um I also watched The Big Sick. Okay, maybe I watched point. that at some point as well. Um that that's I the think. best of all of those. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, but yeah, I like this movie a lot. Okay. Um, I just, because, because of the nature of our podcast and we've already covered Marvel, so you can always go back and listen to those episodes. It's really easy and it's nice to kind of compare it to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the age we're in and, uh, also these movies do play off of those quite a bit, you know, yeah, it yeah. seems like. It did feel like as this movie was coming out, it was like, as the EU was getting started, it was kind of like, who's going to make the first female-led superhero movie? Yes. Is it going to be Marvel or is it going to be DC? And DC beat them by like two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So that was a pretty big deal. And, um, but I mean, just right off the bat, like, I, I think I like this movie better than the Thor movies. Um, I think I like it. I mean, definitely like it better than the Ant-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, that's five Marvels that I like it better than. I think I like it better than the first Avengers. Okay. Definitely Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So it, it's in like my B Marvel, I think. Uh-huh. It's not, this is no Guardians of the Galaxy. This is no Avengers Endgame for me. This is no the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. But I think it's really good. Um, and I'm excited to, because I think we're going to kind of argue about it a little bit. So brace yourself for that, folks. But fun arguing, right? We'll see. Do you have Do you have any table setting for This is only the second time I saw it. This is, my, this is my first time I ever saw it in my life. Okay. And for me on this movie, I... I did. I I was kind of hoping that I wouldn't feel this way, but the first time I watched the movie, I had a huge problem with the movie, and this time I was like, maybe it works, and I still don't think it does. Yeah, and I think it's kind of an obvious rewrite of the movie. Yeah, and and I just sorry. One more second. One more sentence. It's an obvious rewrite of the movie, and I don't think that when you hear what I have to say, you're gonna be like. Oh, I've n- never heard that before. I think so, it's pretty common that people think this, but maybe I'm wrong because I've never talked to anyone else what? who think this, that the ending should be different. Every, like that's a common thing that people think. Do I'm you just think, assuming because it feels so obvious. You did the research. Mm-hmm. Like a first pass on the script, I don't know who wrote it, but was the the big twist not part of it originally? Because I, like, if it wasn't originally, I could see that being a studio thing. Being like, you gotta have a big battle scene, though. That's just not gonna work that way. I didn't find that information. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's a good thought, though. But because it does feel like that. I I hope I hope that it's a unique take, but I don't think it, it just seems so obvious that the movie should end I know, differently. It's interesting too, because as we've talked this whole time, um, and, and how we've compared it to Marvel, because I don't think you can watch these without doing that. Yeah. And then it's also like, I feel like some of these movies' problems, Warner Brothers' issue is they are so insecure about what they're doing. And there's yeah. no real vision for it. And we did talk about how, you know, they are listening to fans, which is cool, but also you can't listen to them all the time. If you have yeah. a vision, you just need to do it no matter what. But I'm, yeah, I'm just curious with this movie that like, it, it's just like, if I don't know if, if I was in charge of these things, I think it would be like, oh, you want to do something that's like against the mold when at this point we are so ingrained with mm-hmm. big battle scenes and stuff. Let's do it. Yeah. Marvel hasn't done that. Let's be the first to do it. Yeah. That seems like a good choice. It yeah. would obviously piss a lot of people off, but you're never not going to make people mad. Well, so I I think that um, I, I kind of, I agree and disagree because I think these movies almost do have more of an artistic vision than a lot of the Marvel movies up until like phase three. Yeah, I just don't think it all comes together. No. Well, it, that that's the whole thing. That That's like the, do you want to give directors their own thing and it's uh-huh. a shared universe, and they can do their thing, which is what Warner Brothers, uh-huh. and they're like trying to do that even more. Because yeah. after Joker came out, they're now they're sort of like, yeah, it's a multiverse, and some of this stuff connects, and and now they're like, uh, do a Robert Pattinson Batman, uh, do a this, yeah. And I think, I think that's kind of cool 
that they're just going to be like, if you have a good idea, you can go to Warner Brothers, you can pitch that idea, and that's the movie they're going to make. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a slave to this whole shared universe. I don't think that would have happened, though, if the first couple movies were really good. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Which is what feels like insecurity. <laughs> yeah. But I guess at least they... It is pivoting, though, if you want to be it nice. It is, and I do think that that is a good idea in the long run. If these first couple movies were like, okay, but not like groundbreaking or anything... Right. And it's like, okay, let's take our foot off the gas. Totally. And um I mean and, and that's the trade-off with Marvel. Uh-huh. It's like sometimes sometimes they do have to make decisions that are less creative to serve the universe. Yeah. And um I think on the most part it's really worked. Yeah. But you know, like one day if Kevin Feige ever like hands the reins to someone else maybe the marvel universe is going to fall apart because it is really that's going to be so interesting in a way it's his vision Uh uh-huh the producer which is kind of weird yeah um but that's what's ultimately fascinating about comparing these two yeah series and i think it gets more fascinating the further they get in and the farther they try to divorce themselves from man of steel and batman v superman yeah um Okay, so we got all that. Yeah. Okay, so the movie's directed by Patty Jenkins. Yeah. She has done the movie Monster uh, that that Charlie Starin yes. is about. Yes. Is she in. won an Oscar for. She did. Yeah. Um, she's directed some episodes of The Killing. She did one episode of Arrested Development. Nice. She's done a lot of TV, and I think I think this is her second movie. If I'm remembering right. I read right. that she was. Uh, hopefully going to do Wonder Woman back in 2005 but got pregnant really and unexpectedly and had to step down and when the opportunity came back in 2017 or whatever I, you know whenever it was uh, she said that this was the movie like that it felt like her career was always leading up to making Wonder Woman that was like her dream that's pretty cool um, but I did also read that like some people are like scratch their heads over the fact that why would they give a, a, such a big budget movie that she has not worked with before uh-huh. to to a director who might not be as experienced because she's only done one other movie. Yeah, which is kind of like see every Marvel director they yeah. hire. Oh, definitely. Because they always hire like indie people. It's about the characters for yeah. Marvel. Yeah. And it seems like DC decided instead of making a spectacle, let's find someone who's in touch with characters. So how did she get back on the... How did they get her? Well, so... They... In 96, they were going to possibly make a Wonder Woman movie. We're going to go through a quick timeline. Um, and that would have been produced by Ivan Reitman, the guy who did Twins, Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those he directed, some of the... Uh, Kindergarten Cop... Like, he was yep. the comedy guy back then. Um, and he would have maybe directed it. Didn't happen. In 99, they got a little bit closer with Sandra Bullock. Really? Uh, p- possibly starring in it. Interesting. And then in 2005, you know, and there are still some more in between there, but I'm just doing the ones I thought were notable. In 2005, Josh Whedon signs on, starts writing, and he's going to direct. Okay. And then in 2007, he leaves the project. Okay. And then... I don't even know if you know about this, but George Miller was going to make a Justice League movie. I didn't know that. So there's a pretty cool video on YouTube. Um, you could, it's the movie was going to be called Justice League Mortal, and I think it was going to come out um, in like the late 2000s. Okay. And 
uh, for those of you who forgot, George Miller is Mad Max. Uh-huh. So he would have directed... And Babe. And Babe, um, a Justice <laughs> League movie. And the, the plot of it, if I remember right, was um, like everyone shows up at this funeral, all the Justice League, and then it shows the events that led up to the funeral. And then at the end, you see that Flash is... Oh, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah, and and the it sounded like it would have been a really cool movie uh-huh. and kind of a one movie, like a one off, a one off. So that would have been Wonder Woman's. You know, of course, there was the TV show. When um, was that? I don't know. Okay, but that would have been her theatrical debut. That would have been her theatrical debut, and they had signed on this Australian model, um, Megan Gale. A <laughs> little, little early for I'm, I'm Margo. Kidding, I'm kidding. Um, so they had her sign on, but they canceled that movie because of delays in budgets. Got it. Uh, which seems to be a common theme with George Miller. It, studios don't like to work with him. <laughs> um, and I think that's just because he's so out there. They're like, this is too risky. This is too mm-hmm. risky. Mm-hmm. And then he does a movie that's like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Paul Feig, the guy who's done... Um, uh, like a bunch of, uh, d- did he direct Bridesmaids? Paul Feig. I'll look it up. Um, and and he he did uh, that movie with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. Um, and the newest, in the yeah, heat? and the newest Ghostbusters. Like that guy, he's he's a pretty big comedy guy. Um, yes, it's him, Paul Feig. Okay, yeah. So he's very funny director. He pitched an action comedy at some point. That didn't get made, which I would have liked to have seen that movie, an action comedy directed by him. That would have been very fun. Yeah. And then in 2015, Patty Jenkins gets offered the role, or not the role, the directing, and she signs on. And by then, they're already getting started on the DCEU and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man of Steel would have already come out. So that's when they get it going. Okay. Um... The movie is written by Alan Heinberg, who's done a bunch of TV, uh, Sex in the City, Grey's Anatomy. Who is this? Writer? Yes. Okay. Um, and he's working on the upcoming Sandman TV show. Okay. Uh, the story is by Zack Snyder, and I forgot to look up how to pronounce this guy's last name, but it'll sound explicit, but it's a last name, Jason Fuchs, F-U-C-H-S. Okay. Um, and he has written... Ice Age, Continental Drift, and Pan. Uh, so Zack Snyder and Jason, they did the story to this. And and Alan Heinberg. Uh, Rupert Gregson Williams did the score, and he's done Hacksaw Ridge, Aquaman, uh, Veep, the show Veep, mm-hmm. Grown Ups 2, Jack and Jill. He's done a ton of Adam Sandler projects. Wow. I like the score to the movie. Yeah, I thought especially the... Um what part of the movie? I mean, just big fight scenes. The score was really, it was like very inspirational. Yeah. Uh, score, not just like a playing along with the action. And I think he saved the do 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 Yeah, he, he saved did. it he saved for like for really late, particular moments. Like the moment she was actualized. Yeah, yeah. And that felt really good. Yeah. Uh, and then the cinematographer for the movie is Matthew Jensen who we actually talked about in our Fantastic Four 2015 episode, but recently he's done three episodes of The Mandalorian. Now, 
I think you had some stuff to this s- is talk a cinematographer? about. Cinematographer. Cinematographer. Yeah. Tell me what you thought about this. This movie was so ugly to me. It, it was like the stuff on what is their island called? The Amazonians, wherever yeah. they lived, was so oversaturated and so ugly. Most of the World War One stuff looked good. Uh, I think part of that, though, is because finally we had some dark colors to uh-huh. contrast other stuff. But, oh, my gosh, this movie was so ugly. It just everything looked so fake to me. Like even the I think that the set designs and the costumes were looked really good. But because Amazing, the movie yeah. looked so bad, sometimes it looked like people were wearing costumes to me uh-huh. or like I could see people wearing makeup uh-huh. and I'm not supposed to notice those things. Yeah. It's just supposed to like like it's that suspension of disbelief thing. Oh my gosh, this movie was so ugly. I couldn't I couldn't stand it. For most of most of the movie was so ugly for me. Okay. Um it's just funny you say that cuz so we had to break this up over two nights because um our house got so hot. We couldn't we couldn't sit there and watch the whole movie in one sitting cuz it was just too hot. Um so we we watched half and we paused it and mm-hmm. i was like what are you thinking so far and you said what you just said to me and i got really insecure because i like <laughs> how the movie looks a lot and i'm I, sorry i no don't don't apologize but i was like do i not know what makes a movie look good or not because i actually thought i was like oh this movie's really pretty <laughs> <laughs> because i got excited um that it had it was really colorful because that, yeah, and I'm not saying make it look like Batman versus Super. I'm not saying like well, that movie's it, really no, no, pretty. No, it looks really pretty, but you mean like Dark Dower, whatever. Yeah, like they it was a choice. Uh huh. I think if you wanted to uh, in, like make it saturated, don't make it look fake. There's got to be a way to do it. Yeah, that's just I I just totally like bought into the visual language and i was just like that's in, good into it the whole time yeah but now i feel like maybe i don't know well it's subjective a lot that's of the true. times too so that's and, just my and, opinion and i guess i guess yeah it, it depends on because anything can look good if it's used in the right context mm-hmm. and i think the context of this movie being really bright and colorful was really refer- it, was, it was refreshing to me because and i totally get that you know yeah. we, we still as much as we're excited that Marvel is getting more colorful, it's still trying to get over like the concrete wash. But you look. see, and I think so. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, like oh, yeah. when that when the first movie came out, it was like, oh, they can do color. Like yeah. this franchise can. Everything looks so cool. That being said, a lot of that was effects. Yeah. So um, it's like a more controlled environment in that way. This, though, when they're on, like, especially the island, it looked the worst to me. The grass... And I think they were... The idea was it was idyllic. That's what they were going for. Yeah. And I get it. It looked so fake, though. Mm-hmm. And maybe they wanted it to look like something that was unattainable. But not only unattainable, like, it just looked like it was all just bumped up to 11 on saturation and part of the times i it almost feels like and this sounds so lame and people are gonna roll their eyes Uh but it's like how much bluer can we make chris pine's eyes yeah because every movie he's in it's like they they want to make sure that we know that he's got the baby blues (laughs) and it's so annoying to me i love it i love it 
But uh, also, yeah. there were a few shots, and I almost said this, and I was glad I didn't when we were watching it. But the, at the beginning of the movie, there were a couple like grassy shots that reminded me of the Fellowship of the Ring. But the Fellowship looked—I don't know why. Well, you know why the Fellowship looks because that's very bright and colorful too. This movie does not look as good as the Fellowship. I know you're not saying but, that. I know you're not saying that. However, when they shot the Fellowship, I feel like they tried to shoot a lot of it in the morning. Yeah. Like when the sun is like at its goldest and it makes the grass look so pretty. This, this was all green screen. I don't know if like hardly, I mean, I know that they shot on location in Italy, but like that so much of it did not look like it was actually outside. It all looked like they were trying so hard to like really control the environment instead of like letting the grass be green by deciding what time of okay, day they should I see and what you're saying. That's just how I feel. Maybe they did think of all of that, and they were like, we're going to shoot at 5 p.m. or 7 a.m., you know, for... So it's like it's almost like, even though it's colorful, it's just flat to you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like, c- I like there's not that. enough contrast. I, I dig it, but I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying now. Um, but the fact that you Thank brought up... you. The fact that you brought up some of the... Um, some of the just how fake some stuff looked i did want to read something to you so david ehrlich is a critic that i follow on letterbox and i i like to read his stuff sometimes and i thought he he had a great this this is when the movie came out this is his letterbox and he said the good gal gadot the purity and dedication of the gender role reversals and everything that goes along with that this needless to say is the most thrilling and important factor here gal gadot the lasso Gal Gadot, World War II, World War One setting, which excuses a lot of the inexplicably appalling special effects in its own Saturday morning serial kind of way. Goodness, he said that. Then he said Gal Gadot. <laughs> then he said Lucy Davis, Gal Gadot. <laughs> All the bits in London, Gal Gadot. <laughs> the actors who play the villains, Gal Gadot. <laughs> and then he said the bad, the cringeworthy framing device, where she's like gets the photo. That's what he's talking about. Oh. Uh, the characters played by the actors who play the villains. I don't know what he means by that. Okay. But um, I think he means like a character pretending they're not a villain when they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the inexplicably appalling special effects, which can't be entirely excused under any circumstances. Thank you. The incoherent final 20 minutes. Thank you. The complete lack of closure regarding the Amazon Lady Island. And predictably, yeah. too much of the action... Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Predictably, too much of the action is either shot too close, chaotically, or speed ramped half to death. And I pretty much agree with that. Me too. And he gave it three out of five stars. Yeah. That's what I would give well, this the, movie. Well, the good, the Gal Gadot, the story, all, like, those things make up so much for yeah. how ugly this movie looked and how appallingly bad the effects were this is 2017 people this should not look like i'm watching this on television special effects that's how bad they looked i know they were so bad and it's like and i said this to you last night when uh when she has her moments in action it, it really looks like 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 that's where they spent the time and the money was to make her those slow motion parts look really good because they did yeah slow motion looks awesome so her action, they, you know, obviously they spent the most time on that. Everything else was like, we'll wait for the last three weeks to yeah. figure out how we're going to do those. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. Well, I, I think, and we talked about this on our Man of Steel episode. I think that they, 
what how they chose to represent the power in these characters in the DC universe, I think just ages really poorly. And and was not like a good way to go. Because like the way she moves really fast and uh-huh. just like appears places, um, I just think it doesn't it just doesn't look good to me. Uh-huh. Um, and there there's there's a scene in a Justice League, and I think it's in both versions where she moves really fast and it's like Oh, uh, I could just skip this whole scene. Like, I hate how this looks so much. Yeah. Um, and and it is a little weird. And and Marvel does get into this problem too, where you have all these super powered characters, and it's like, I I kind of wish they had given some more forethought to like, this is the visual language we want to give to this character. This is the visual language yeah. for this character. And it's like, but wait, physics. Like, yeah. Sometimes it still doesn't look right. Yeah, because um, I think it was. And again, this is jumping to Justice League. I, I think it was uh, Patrick Willems said, you know, it's cool to d- use slow motion, mm-hmm. but when when half of your movie is in slow motion, he's talking the Snyder cut, yeah, and then you want to show how fast uh, Flash is by using slow motion, there's no impact there. Yeah. So it's almost like maybe you should figure out a different way to show he's fast. Or don't use slow motion and only use it for Flash. See, and I know we talk about him a lot, people. We, I love him. He's the best. He is just so good at, at understanding why directors make decisions to tell a story. Yeah. So it's like Zack Snyder just likes slow motion because it makes people look pretty. Honestly, I think that's just what it is. But yeah. like what he is arguing, he like Zack Snyder is missing how that is not communicating things adequately to the audience absolutely which is what a director's job is is to tell the story the best way that the director can with the vision of the script yeah and that is like so frustrating when you hear those words and it's like yeah so true and i haven't even seen the cider cut and it's like he's right well and and like in this movie they they do a lot of slow motion and and i am a sucker for it like when slow motion happens we're like trained like like a dog hearing a bell we're trained that this is cool. Yeah. But you, when you watch the slow motion, now, unfortunately, I think to myself, like, what's the purpose behind the slow motion? Uh-huh. And in this movie, I think like 50%, even though they don't use a lot of slow motion, probably 50% of it you could scrap because it doesn't... Probably. It, it's not telling you anything. It's just like, cool, she's flipping. Yeah, I think the part, though, that I'm thinking of specifically where it'll be fast and then slow motion for like two seconds. Yeah. When it's showing her fighting poses in uh, mm-hmm. that little village in like germany or france i can't remember where they are that i thought was effective because that was like those the, are like comic book panels comic that was book cool. panels for one and then it felt like the first time we were truly seeing her in combat yeah. so i thought that that stuff was pretty good in yeah. that scene and i do want to stress i really like this movie <laughs> yeah we're just pointing out some of the flaws but i don't know that uh a better movie would have existed um, I, and I, I think it really, it really does benefit that it's directed by a woman mm-hmm. because I just think this movie would have been so sexualized with the male behind the camera. Yeah. Unless it was, um, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have been like, Hey, let's check out this Chris, Chris Pine, Pine guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So done all that. The movie comes out June 2nd, 2017. It, the budget's only 150 million. Okay. Which for a superhero movie, uh, domestically it makes 412, and worldwide it makes 818. That's pretty good. Which 
makes all the people who say we don't need female-led movies go crap. I guess they can make female-led movies, and crap, I guess they can make money. We want more of them. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, and this was really interesting to me. Uh, Gal Gadot was offered a villain role in Man of Steel. Really? So I'm assuming that would probably be General Zod's like right-hand woman. Yep. I. But sorry. she was pregnant and had to turn it down. Okay. I also read this, and I don't know if you found this. This is also in the trivia, so sometimes it's like, is this true? But it had a lot of details, and I feel like it was true. By the time in her career of this movie, yeah, she was about ready to just be done. Because really? she was having a really hard time getting anything. Sounds like she could have had something. Yeah. But um yeah, she was having a really hard time and and she couldn't she would she couldn't handle anymore the 15-hour plane rides back to Israel. Oh, yeah. So it was just really wearing on her. She wasn't getting anything and it's like I guess this just isn't for me. But then she gets an audition for Wonder Woman. She does not know it's Wonder Woman. The script is like really ambiguous that she reads from. Oh, okay. And then like she's about to go back to Israel but she gets a call back and that's when she finds out that she's shortlisted to be Wonder Woman. Cool. Which was like really shocking to her because like that's a huge role and I haven't really done anything. Are you sure? Kind of thing. You know, yeah, but yeah. I, I that's that's an interesting story. It's also kind of hard to believe because she's so gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think she is in a Fast and Furious before this. Yeah, but, I think so too. But know, maybe she had a hard time even so, getting that role. Well, and sometimes when you look through an actor's filmography, you know, you see Maybe you see like one year off, but a lot can happen to your mental process when you're trying to be an artist in a year. And two, like, I mean, I haven't looked at her stuff yet, but let's say an actor has said that they've always had a hard time getting roles. And then you're like, what are you talking about? They're in all those TV shows. And it's like, yeah, one episode, one guest appearance in a show. Yeah. That's not what they want. Like they want, she wants to probably be Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, that she wants to be a movie star. So totally. Yeah. But that's just, I'm glad she was pregnant during that time so that she wasn't just uh, a villain and then not able to be Wonder Woman. Yeah, right. I know because she's so good. Then I'm uh, somehow or other, I mean, she must have stuck with Zack Snyder because yeah. he's the one who cast her yeah. in Batman v Superman, which, hey, if, if oh, that's. Oh, really? He did. He cast her. Oh, I don't think I just assumed that like Wonder Woman was already in the works and they had already casted someone. No. Oh, that's interesting. So. So remember, Patty Jenkins comes on 2015. Yeah, they would have already been filming. Yeah, Batman v Superman. Oh, that is interesting. So Zach's not. So she must have like stuck in his brain, like ah, but that we need to get her in something. Um, so he get cast her as Wonder Woman, and Patty Jenkins had this quote that I wanted to read, which speaks to the casting. She said, "I remember when I read in the news that Wonder Woman had been cast, and my heart sank." I'm sure we wouldn't have made the same choice. And then I started paying attention to her and watching her and looking at her, and it was just unbelievable. Frankly, I think they did a better job than I could have because I don't know that I would have secured or scoured the earth as hard to find her. They were looking for all the same things I would have looked for, all the values that Wonder Woman stands for, exuding from someone in an honest way, and boy, did they find it. She shares every quality with Wonder Woman, and that's no joke. It's one of those rare things. You need someone who can appear to be Wonder Woman on screen. Every once in a while, there's a superhero casting that transcends because that person is so authentic to the character that it becomes identified with them, like Linda Carter or Christopher Reeve. Wow, that's that's nice. Yeah. And then finally... That makes you warm and fuzzy. The movie was shot on film. Okay. 
which explains why you hate how it looks. You hate movies shot on film, right? Absolutely, dude. <laughs> and then for reshoots, uh, Godot was five months pregnant, so they had to put a green cloth on her stomach so they could edit it out in post-production. Man. <laughs> kind of funny. So that's what I got. Okay, so Gal Godot's first thing was... We talked about her two weeks ago on I don't Batman know if v I Superman. went through it, though. Remember, I think we said, let's save it. Oh, okay. Maybe? No, because I remember saying, oh, yeah, she's in date night in night and day, and I don't remember her in those things. That's right. I but did just listen to that whole episode. We were just talking about... So her first... We didn't talk about this. Okay. So the first thing she was in is this show called Shemesh in 1999 one episode i think and it looks like an israeli sitcom cool one episode and then she's in bubo or bubat uh which looks like another israeli show and then it, so that from 1999 to 2007 between those times and then in 2009 fast and furious the okay. first one really the first one's just called Fast and Furious, no, right? No, the first one came out in 2001, I think. Oh, okay. So that'd be the fourth one. Oh, okay. But, um, so then she was in that obviously big deal. And then she's like in an episode of Entourage, three episodes of The Beautiful Life. I don't even know what that is. Um, yeah, she, I mean, she's obviously doing action stuff because of Date Night and Night and Day and Fast and Furious. But it is a lot of shows that are, that I don't think anyone's ever heard of. Yeah. So it is, it is an interesting... She's like a regular on Fast and Furious, though. She's in Fast 5 and in Furious 7. Okay. Hmm. So well, regular in quotes, because there's like a million of those movies. There's 10, Jordan, okay? A million. We don't want to make our fan base mad. She falls under the umbrella for me, as Margot Robbie does. She was born a woman. <laughs> and I don't... If anyone, ha like, if I Googled <laughs> pictures of her as a child and they, there are pictures of her, I don't think that's her. She was just born a woman. Well, she was molded from clay from She Zeus. was literally <laughs> molded from clay. It's crazy. It It is funny. I mean, the way Patty Jenkins describes her and encompassing Wonder Woman, it is just that rare thing. Like, you're, you're okay, so you're watching this movie. There's an Amazonian secret island. Mm -hmm. It's superheroes. And she's molded from clay from Zeus. And you look at her and you're like, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Not even questioning you're that like, one. You're like, that's fine. Sure. Yeah. I get yeah. it. This makes sense. That's actually the easiest thing for me to accept in this movie. <laughs> you're, you're almost like, why did they have to show the kids? Because I get it. I get <laughs> I it. I know, right? Um, okay. Chris Pine. Have we talked about him? No. Okay. Chris Pine, people. He is the most recent Captain Kirk and Star Trek. Star Trek. Sorry. Um, Isn't he the only one that's not William Shatner? I have no idea. I am. I'm uh, not. Okay. Well, enough. go ahead and text me, Mike. I think he's the only other Captain Kirk because. Uh, uh, but aren't there other? There's like Captain Picard. Oh, that's there, that's right. Because the besides the Star Trek movies, I think it's all like the the other movies and the other sh the the J.J. Abrams movies. I mean, yep. That's like an alternate timeline, and everything else is. Like, this is Star... It's like Star Wars, where it's like, no, there's only Luke Skywalker is only Mark Hamill. Oh, interesting, yeah. Never thought about That's it. That's kind of cool. I thought he was a good casting for Captain Kirk. Oh, yeah. He's great in those movies. I haven't seen those movies in so... Well, I've only seen two of them. Would would our audience ever want us to tackle, like, the Star Trek conglomerate? Let please, us know. Please, no. Please don't. 
I kind of want to. That's so many movies. That's so much. What we would do is we would do like, like the Shatners, and then we would take a break, and then we would do like the neck the the um. But how many Shatner movies are there? I think there's four. Okay. And then we do the the other movies, and then we do the J.J. Abrams movies. Okay, that so it, that's it'd be like doable. eleven or twelve. If I'm getting total. through this series right now, I guess I can do that one. But I don't know if people want to hear that. Yeah. Or maybe they just say no. We just want you to tackle the new movies. Yeah. How many are there? Three or four? There's three new movies. Okay. But I just feel like to really understand that series, you'd need to watch the others. You know. To like truly... Oh, I get that. Yeah, every time I've seen a Star Trek thing, it's like, I just feel like I don't quite get it. Yeah. Even with the even with the J.J. Abrams. Like, I thought that the first two were good. I haven't seen them yeah. since theaters. But, but it always I, has I, felt like I don't quite get the feeling that I think yeah. the fans get, you know? And I, th- I think if I really... Like, if we were going to do it on this podcast, it, it would feel it would feel the same way if we were just like, hey, we're covering Star Wars, but we're just going to do the new trilogy. Be like, yeah. you can't do that. You got to talk about right. everything. So anyway, let Nerd. us know what you think, fans. So Chris Pine's first acting role was an ER. And then shortly, oh, so in the same year, he got ER, The Guardian, and CSI Miami. He is famously in Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. Uh, and then he's in Confession, Six Feet Under, Just My Luck. Oh, weird, a Lindsay Lohan movie. What is this? He he was the romantic, you know, he was a romantic comedy guy yeah. for a good while because people think he's so cute. And then in 2009, he does Star Trek. And I feel like since then, he's done a lot of, still done the romantic thing, but is in a lot more action things too. Well, in this movie, he gets to play the best of both worlds. Yes, true. Um, he is also in Micah's favorite movie, This Means War. Oh man, uh, that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. People like us, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, blah blah blah. Uh, well, okay. So then, when Wonder Woman comes around, the year before that, he was in Hell or High Water, The Finest Hours, Star Trek Beyond. He's really good in Hell or High Water. A but movie, didn't you say that was a boring movie? I didn't like who that wrote movie. That movie, but um, it's the guy who wrote Sicario. That's, that's right. Yeah. Um, but um, everybody loves that movie. It's like. Me and Bobby don't got like nominated it. for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he's amazing in it. Him and Ben Foster, they're great. Well, good for I think Chris him. Pine in this movie is so good. He is good. I love him in this movie. Yeah. He's great. I'm crazy about him in this movie. Oh, simmer down. I, I it's just I, I think like that review I read, the 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 gender role reversal thing is so fun that he's like what the girl would be in mm-hmm. another movie. And but he just he just commits fully to all, all the stuff he does. And and the chemistry between him and Gal Chemistry get out good. Of get out of no, here. No, he is good. I I I feel like I always have to be convinced again every time I see Chris Pine in something that That's he is crazy. good. I know it's crazy, but I just like, and this is a totally me thing. Yeah. I'm going to make people roll their eyes again in this episode. But I just think like he's too pretty, but not in a Killian Murphy way. Well, Killian Murphy, yeah. He's too beautiful. Let's not talk but, about how cool he is. That'll take us too long. But Chris Pine, it's just is like he's too pretty that when I watch something with him in it it's like am i gonna like i have to get past that 
He's for me, just so... for me, and that's that's my dumb yeah. opinion about it. But I, I and think... I, I'm not saying he's bad because he's no, not. No, I know, I know. But he, like, I think casting him in this is just so perfect. He's so perfect in this movie. He is really good in this movie. He I, is. I think, I think, like him, him and Godot are probably like two of my f- favorite performances in the whole DC universe. Like all of these movies. Oh yeah, I would agree with that. Like and it by like a long shot. Yeah, he's absolutely. so good. I well, love him in this. Jesse Eisenberg was so good. <laughs> um, Robin Wright, who I think we've covered. We have, but I don't remember in what. Me neither. But oh, Unbreakable. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, Lucy Davis, we have also covered because she's in Shaun of the Dead. Mm. She's also Pam in the UK Office. Well, let's let's give her her real due. Dawn in the Office. Yeah. And then Connie Nielsen plays Hippolyta, uh, her mother. And she's in Nobody, she's right? She's in Nobody. Okay. Mr. Is it just Nobody or Mr. Nobody? Mr. Nobody is the, the Jared Leto movie. Jared, Jared Leto movie. <laughs> <laughs> she's also in Gladiator. Um, Basic hmm, Inheritance, Sea Fever. I haven't seen her in like anything but these two movies, I think. Well, I've yeah. seen her in Gladiator, I guess. But she must be at play as wife. I think she, yeah, I think so. She's really good in this. I She's like great. Her. Um, Danny Huston, who is the guy that snorts the stuff, and it's also yeah. one of the worst effects I've ever seen in a movie. It's a bad effect. The only thing I like about it is the peripheral like uh, shaking of the camera. That's always you're always gonna. That's get always that. cool, but his effect, no, no, no. Um, he is in Succession, and that's all that really matters, he's, right? He's just one of those guys. Every time you're like, "Oh, he's in this." He, he's, he's good. He's every time he shows up, you're like, "Well, I'm gonna like at least one performance in this movie." He's in X Men Origins Wolverine. Also, Twenty One right. Grams, No One Left Behind, Yellowstone. Do you think he's a character actor? Yeah, I would classify okay. him as that. Um, David Thewlis, we've talked about because he plays Professor Lupin. Yeah. And he can do no wrong. I th- So here's what but, I think about him. He's he's really good in this movie, but when he becomes the god of war, it's like, that's... Like, you can just... They have to... He's an old... He, he's not an old man, but he's, he's not, like, a buff... I, I, no, 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 it's I get it. It's so I get it. weird. This is what's funny, too. Well, they cast him because he's old and frail. He has to walk with yeah. a cane, so you wouldn't sp- suspect that he'd be Aries. We've seen it, people. But you, they have done one of the funniest things I've ever seen them do in a movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 when yeah. it's revealed that he's Aries and it shows him falling from the sky and he's like shirtless in a cave, super buff. That's not the funny part. They kept the mustache <laughs> on him as if we didn't know who they were talking. It's like, I'm not an idiot. I know this is who he's narrating his own story. I know it's him. Yeah, they kept the mustache. mustache. It's crazy. Oh, it was so dumb and so funny. Yeah, that was a bad decision. But, but but when he like is becomes Ares, like the whole like gets the armor yeah, on. I, and stuff. I almost I mean, wish like his like when he turned into Ares, like his face fell off or something. Because I just like he he just doesn't look. He looks evil in a conniving sort of way, not yep. in a brute force kind of way. So even with the mask on, I was like. It's David Thewlis. Like, this is kind of funny. I know. If someone wants to see him in a really conniving, disgusting performance, watch Fargo season two. Yeah, yeah. He is nuts in that season. And yeah. so good. Um, and then Saeed Tagamui. I, I don't think I pronounced the last name correctly, but he plays... Oh, let me get the name. Samir. 
um, who's part of the crew. Yeah, yeah. I liked him a lot. He was good. He had the red hat on, right? Yeah. yeah. He, plays, <laughs> he was great. He's in G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, Lahane, Vantage Point, Embattled, John Wick 3. Oh, he's the elder in John Wick 3. Oh. The part of the movie where I was like, dang it. Well, let's save all that. Okay. We're going to talk about John Wick soon enough. Ewan Bremner plays Charlie, who's in Train Spotting. Yeah. One and two. Um, and he's also an AVP, Creation Stories, Gutter Bee, First Cow. He's in First Cow? Yeah. Who is is he? I don't remember. Oh. Like, I remembered a name from that movie. I always like when he pops up. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I think he's just, like, in that little town where they're training. Yeah. Um, Eugene Brave Rock plays the chief. Uh, he's in The Revenant. Wait, his, Jud- his name is Brave Rock, his last Eugene name? Eugene Brave Rock. Very cool. Yes. Um, so he's in The Revenant, Reign of Judges, Shadow Wolves, Resident Alien. A lot of action stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And then um, Elena Anaya plays Dr. Maru. And anyone who can pull off the name Do Eugene. Do you think that's a play on Dr. Maru? Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, but I just want to say anyone who can pull off the name Eugene, that's pretty cool. Because <laughs> yeah. Eugene's a cool name, but like it's I kind would... of a square name though too. Yeah, like it could be very easily. But he, you look at him and it's like Eugene. Cool, <laughs> you're, you're pulling that off. Um, Elena is in the skin I live in, room in Rome, uh, Van Helsing, a lot of stuff. Wow, this is very thorough. You're going through. She's Spanish. You're going through it all. What did, uh, what did you think of Dr. Poison? So that's her. Yeah. Um, I really liked her design a lot. I loved the face mask. Face mask was I cool. I thought it was really cool. And I'm like, people should maybe do this more in movies. It's just so visually interesting to yeah. me. Um, and then when the fa- mask gets removed, that effects looked really good. Yeah. Um, I uh, Although anytime someone has like, um, like part of their cheeks removed, the first thing I think of every time is, you want to know how I got these scars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like in the movie how they did not, I mean, maybe I missed it, but I don't think they explained what happened to her other they than didn't. like experiment no. gone wrong, maybe. Yeah. They just let you kind of guess, which but, I thought was cool. Yes. I really like that. And I think it was a really good story part. You know, that's the point when Aries is like big and bad, whatever. But he's like basically trying to convince Wonder Woman that no no human is worth it like they're all evil and when the face mask gets ripped off her it's like revealing the ugliness inside her yeah on the outside and how she like doesn't deserve to live i think that like symbolically that all was really good and of course with her deciding like no everyone deserves a chance yeah and doesn't kill her i really liked that part um so i was actually not a fan though of how she acted for a okay. lot of it where it's like, ooh, I'm eccentric and like I, I like to do all these weird mannerisms because I'm yeah. so kooky and weird. I I don't know, it's just cheesy to yeah. me. But um, I, I sort of dug it, but I could go both ways. I feel like yeah. if I watch it again, I might be like, eh. But she did have really good parts though, like when Chris Pine was trying to convince her to like let him see her yeah. stuff. She looked very haunted. And yeah. I, I think she had that a really good she was really good in those moments, mm-hmm. but with the whole like kooky weirdness, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. It's whatever. I, I, I liked, I think it's cool that they, so one, I mean, having this in world war one is really cool. 
Absolutely. Um, Love it. And and I also liked how this movie like like it, it's cool that she's working on formulas and gas because that's famously, I mean, World War One is when they were using all mustard, mustard gas, gas and stuff like that, and they had to change like the peace accords to not allow people to use that stuff well, I in remember, war. Well, I, it's I, so brutal. I read too that I think so in the comic books, it's World War Two this this run, yeah. but they decided on World War One because that was like that's the Great War. That was the yeah. time when everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, we are all like this is hell in a ha- handbasket." Well, it was called the War to End All Wars. Yeah, you so know? it makes I, so much so sense cool. that they changed it. Well, the war is not cool, but it's a cool setting. No, no, no. But um, I'm sure the comic book in World War II run is really good. I also think it's a good choice, too, though, because we get so many World War II movies. Yeah. And, like, n- hardly any World War One besides, like, 1917. It's, like, the most recent yeah. one I can think of. So that's just nice, too, because... It's just refreshing. It's refreshing. I, I mean, we don't get enough, like, trench wars. Like, that is just so such an, a well, terrifying and-, and interesting part of history. You have to think that they they had to think, okay, this movie is going to remind people of Captain America, and he fought in World War Two. Yeah, yeah. So let's put her in World War One. That's a good point too. Um, because that was mentioned throughout the movie. I was kind of like comparing the two. Yeah. You know, in my head, just like subconsciously. Yeah. Um, and I do like First Avenger more, but um, they're kind of like it'd be fun to be like, okay, you know, if you were double featuring, like you could watch these back to back, and that would be kind of a fun double feature you yeah know? i also read too that do- that the D- lucendorf guy was real oh really a real person okay that's pretty cool yeah i like when they do well historical fiction yeah 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 um i don't like when they have john stewart show up in batman v superman though <laughs> remember we, we talked about that in the the newscaster yeah, yeah. it was like making the jokes and stuff yeah. Yeah. um okay so should we dive in yeah so the movie begins, and uh, we see Diana, and she is working at this art gallery, and she gets the photo from Batman v Superman. It, these, this, and the very last scene of the movie, it's cut like em. just cut, cut the scenes. Absolutely cut. I get it. I get why you think you needed to put it because she was in Bat BVS. Yeah, and pe- like people will be so confused if we just like start. But they won't be. I know. Were so. people confused when Captain Marvel just started and it was in the 90s? No. They weren't. Yeah. It's pretty easy to, like, we're... But I, I don't think that that's a Patty Jenkins move. I don't I think, think so that's either. a Warner Brothers move. Yeah. And and what, what have we learned after going... This is the fourth movie in DC. The worst part about these movies is when they try to set up or incorporate their mm-hmm. previous movies. Mm-hmm. And as much as some some stuff is lunky in Marvel... For the most part, it's always like, oh, that's cool. They brought that in. Yeah. Oh, cool. Like, Nebula and him are, okay, Thanos is her dad. Okay, in Endgame, she's going to have a moment. That's cool. Yeah. This is like, oh, man, why'd they have to remind me of Batman v Superman? Crap. I just wanted to watch Wonder Woman. Yeah. But, um, so then she looks at the photo and then she's going to... Have a flashback of... Flashback. Her origin story, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So then we get, meet little Diana. Mm-hmm. She's a little girl, and she wants to be a warrior, but her mom... Forbids it. Forbids it. And they're... So then her mom tells her the story of basically the Amazonian women history. Um, it's exposition time, folks. Exposition Strap in. time, blah, blah, blah. 
They did a really good job visually, though. It looks like a painting. Yeah. I really like it. But this is when I realized, like, they do, they love these things in this series. They love exposition dumps. Um, well, and well, one, one thing I got to, I know I'm interjecting, but this series, the, the two, besides Suicide Squad, the two movies before this, they're really focusing on the God aspect uh-huh. of, like, they're, they're saying superheroes are gods. Uh-huh. That is, like... Zack Snyder's vision of the world. It's not people who are extraordinary. They are gods. Uh-huh. So it makes sense that these movies are like, this is epic. This is Zeus. This, this one is, is literally epic, soap though, opera. because it is mythology. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense. But, but it's it, because it's, of the other ones. It's like, yeah, we get it. It's that classic thing that people say where it's like, you know, superheroes are the modern mythology. Uh-huh. And they're really trying We've to. Seen Unbreakable. <laughs> they're really trying to play that up uh-huh. in these movies. That's like their thesis. <laughs> yeah, and this one it really does make sense more more than the other ones because I'm, I'm into all Zeus the setup a, in this. Zeus, Ares. I don't know if they mentioned Achilles. Hippolyta's a real character. Diana's a real character yeah. in um, Greek mythology. Um, was it Greek or Roman that they're focused on? Well, I think Zeus is Greek, right? Well, Maybe Greek and Roman share a lot of the same oh, characters. They do? Their okay. names are just a little different, and I can't I've never remember. been that interested in mythology of like gods. Yeah. So I, no, I I'm Hercules not, is pretty messed up, bro. <laughs> I'm not not interested in them. I've just never like done research about uh-huh. them. You know. Yeah. Um. So find out that Zeus basically created a safe haven for the Amazonian women and they're like a perfect society while the rest while Ares basically delivered the rest of humans with like destruction and evil. Um so Diana's growing up in this idyllic community of women, women mm-hmm. warriors. Her mom won't let her fight because she doesn't want her to like know the bad. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to protect her from it. Obviously she's protecting her from herself that we find out later. Yeah. Um what? but in secret, Robin Wright is training, training her. Yes. And then eventually her mom's like, okay, she must be trained, but you're going to train her harder. Harder, better, faster, stronger. And there's that really cool Daft Punk sequence. Yeah. Um, and so she's training her, and then Diana crosses her wrists, like her wristbands, mm-hmm. and it shoots this like orb beam, mm-hmm. which hints that she is the god killer. Mm-hmm. What do you? I, I had forgotten about this whole she's the god killer, not the weapon. Um, I guess I yeah, because did she think that the sword and the shield were the god killer? That's what she was told. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's why, like, when she leaves, she breaks in and yes, takes yes, that yes. stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't really see the purpose of that reveal at the end of the movie, but maybe I'm just forgetting or missing something. It just sort of feels like okay, she's the god killer. Why? Why did they not want to tell her that? And I'm I'm asking oh, that you. kind of thing. I don't know, like why they. Her, I mean, it's a pretty common movie thing. I think where the parent is just afraid, yeah, and doesn't want her child to know that the the fate of the world rests on her shoulders and wants to protect her from that. And also, she is a mom, so she just wants to protect her in general. She doesn't want her like she even said Hippolyta like like I that this may never come. Ares might never, Ares might've been like, he was injured. He might be dead yeah. the last time we saw him, which of course, Robin writes like, you're so naive. You're, you're being ignorant on purpose. Cause you just want to protect your daughter. Cause you don't want her to die. I think it's as simple as that. So, um, 
later on when she finds out, I think it like it's just a movie thing. Like she has to f- figure it out for herself. Yeah, I, I guess I guess maybe the reveal would be more impactful to me if the whole movie she wasn't like the fate of the world rests in my hands. You yeah. know, because that feels like a moment where she finds out she's the god killer and reluctantly she's like, I guess I have to do this. But the whole movie, she's been saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So when she does it, I'm like, yeah, she was always going to do it. She's been determined but to I do it. But I think it like kind of changes by that part of the movie because when she goes with Chris Pine out into the world, she so she at that moment, she doesn't totally know that she's the god killer, right? She has the sword and the shield and that's all she needs in her mind to do yeah. it. And so she thinks that she can do it because of those things. But what she has to, I don't think it's as big as a theme as everything else. Yeah. But by the time she figures it out, she's like, oh, I have to believe in myself to do yeah. it. I think it's just the movie thing. Yeah. You know? It feels like that's a comic book thing in yeah. the comic books and they just had to include it. I guess is how, I think it, it's, how it feels to I me. think it's that classic thing where it's like, it's not the object, it's what's within you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Hmm. Okay. I, and I'm not saying it's bad. Maybe someone's listening to this and like, what are you talking about, Micah? I mean, I also but, don't know Wonder Woman like at all. So yeah, but it just it just felt kind of like okay when I saw it. Yeah, and I'm not really even saying it's bad. I just am like, it just didn't make me feel anything when I find out she's the god killer. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to. But so Chris Pine crash lands on yeah. into the the sea of the Amazonian island. Do you know what the island is called? I, I, I no, I don't remember. Okay, um, Gal, uh, cool. Yeah, Diana saves him. I think it's all good. And then the the Germans are trying to track him down. And we have a pretty sweet action sequence. Yeah, where the Germans attack the beach, and then the Amazonian women like come out and they're like shooting arrows. Uh, I think you can just call them Amazon Amazonians. Amazonians, yes. Um, and yeah, because there aren't Amazonian men, are there? Um, she. Uh, uh, how how Robin Wright like jumps in the air, shoots three arrows in yeah. slow motion. Yeah. That I was like, very cool. Um, oh, but at one point you were like, if you were a German, wouldn't you just be freaking out? <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. I, I think I was like, I think I'd still be on the boat, too afraid <laughs> to get off. Well, I I think um that is that's such a. It's not a complaint. It's just no, a, what I, would I do in this situation? Like, I think in that situation, I'd be like, I guess I have to kill these people. And I would just start <laughs> firing as well. Yeah. But I, I was like, I think I was invested enough in the movie that I was like, holy crap, this would be the most insane thing in the world if you are. Because when the Germans find him outside, it's like stormy uh-huh. and crazy. And then he reaches out to touch the plane that's down. And it's like this idyllic beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the waters are so clear and blue. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I love all of that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Robin Wright dies. She gets yep. shot. Um, and uh, Diana is horrified by all of this. Like, what's going on? Who is this? They interrogate Chris Pine with the lasso, which I didn't know was like a truth serum. Yeah, like, it like compels you to tell the truth. Kelsey tells the truth. I don't... The 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 whip is so cool the lasso rules lasso, i love so cool. that it glows yes it's very cool it the design is awesome and uh-huh. when she's when she's you know interrogating um chris pine and he doesn't want to say that he's a spy he also doesn't know what's going on uh-huh i think he like that scene is so great because like you said you didn't know what the lasso was and you leave that scene and you're like i know what, what the lasso is i get it yeah that scene's great yep 
Um, she finds out he's a spy, finds out about World War One, and, and she is well, yes, yeah, finds out about the Great War, to which trans she translates as this is well, it is the War to End Wars. That's what it was known as at the time. So she is like, okay, that means we have to be involved. Which of course her mom is like, this is not our fight. It's men's problem, man's yeah. problem. Um, and we just need to step back. It kind of is like it, a little bit reminds me of um, Black w- Panther. Yeah, yeah. Like Wakanda. Like some people were like, it's their issue. We're doing good. To which is was it T'Challa was like, no, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Killmonger. He's like, our brothers are dying. That's what in it the was. streets of L.A. That's what it was. Yeah. So it's like you you have the resources to help. Why would you not help? Which is the camp that Diana is in. Yeah. Like this is this was destined for them. This is why Zeus put him here. Man, Black Panther is so good. I know. <laughs> but Zeus put him out here so that the Amazonians could train and be ready for this moment. Like, yeah. this is the moment. I think that's also cool. Yeah, I love it. But her mom's forbidding it. Uh, there is a scene where Chris Pine is uh, naked. Yeah, and, and he awkward. says, I'm above average. Yeah. I, okay, I know you're rolling your eyes. I, I'll just say it. I love all of the... Because it's a role reversal. And it's funny. I, I think it's like written really well. It's like actually funny stuff. Um, I love all of the sexual tension. To me, I'm just like giddy, like at how funny I thought it all was. Okay. I think it's great. Okay. And I, I think it's just, especially because I just adore Chris Pine in this movie and Gal, definitely. Yeah. But I, I can't, I don't think you can overstate how good Chris Pine is I'll in this movie. I'd rather get over it. I love him. I love uh, all of the writing of them. Of I just the think man is like focus on the man. Oh come on! I love Wonder Woman, but uh, it's that's all great. And uh, then they get on a boat and they're going. Mom is eventually like, I know I can't. I, stop I can't you. stop you. I like that. Yep. And they get on the boat and there's this whole discussion about like sleeping with women. Mm-hmm. Very charming. Mm-hmm. I like that scene a lot too. And then. They get to London, and this is the I. Here's another thing about me: I love I love jokes about three little kids stacked in a trench coat, yep. <laughs> pretending to be adults, and I love fish out of water comedy. Yeah. So when you have Princess Diana walking through the streets, Princess Diana. Yeah, her name's Diana, and she's I'm, a princess. Oh, I'm just thinking of Princess Diana. Uh, yeah. You know the Princess yeah, Diana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think they, I don't think anyone ever referred to her as Princess Diana. That's why it's funny to me. Well, yeah, no, but she is, she's, though, well, right? She's about to introduce herself as Diana, Princess of. Yeah. But he says but I guess Diana it, Prince. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But um, when she's putting on all the clothes, I'm sitting over there, and I'm like, fish out of water, baby. I'm loving all of this. It's I all love very the outfit funny. that she lands on. Yeah, she looks very cool, and um, the what's her name, um, Dawn from the Office. She's so funny. She's great. Yeah, and and the, I read that this scene was an homage to uh, an old Superman movie or an old Superman oh, something okay. of when um, it's I think what I was reading was like Clark or or Superman fish out of water moment, and I'm assuming the, the when they put the glasses on her, that's an homage to that. Oh, cool. And then her having issue with the revolving door is also something that is part of a, it wasn't a Superman thing. And then it was something, there was something else too. That's cool. Yeah. Um, But eventually, 
uh, Chris Pine is attacked in this alleyway because because he, cause he oh, has the mugging. That's also was part of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. He has um Doctor Moreau's notebook. Uh huh. And um, this is when it, he discovers like kind of like oh this girl's insane. Mm-hmm. She's she can stop bullets. Yeah, because she stops a bullet. Yeah, that's that's the moment. And uh, very cool. Love all that sequence. Then they go to the generals of the British army and they're saying we have this notebook and and so there's this whole throughout all of this Diana will come into the room with um Chris Pine against his wishes and every time men are like what's this woman doing, what is this in, woman here? doing yeah. in here um so the first time is when we're introduced to I want to say Lupin um De- Aries I'm just going to call him Aries um <laughs> what? yeah you're giving it away <laughs> uh and he he notices her I mean, all the men do, and it's very, they're all getting really mad about it. Yeah. And then, then the other part, when it is like generals in a room, and they have, like you're talking about the notebook, she can read the language. No yeah. one else can. So she becomes an asset. Although it, they all still don't like that she's in there. Yeah. Which I, that, all that stuff's great. I like that scene where she's yelling at the general, and she says, Where I come from, the generals don't sit in rooms and not fight. Uh huh. That's cool. Um, so, so there's this whole part of the, like, the plot, the the macro plot of this movie is that um, they're about to reach an armistice between the the allies and the Germans, mm-hmm. um, and but Doctor Moreau and Lu, Lu, what's his name Lufendorf Lusendorf Lusendorf, uh, okay. they're working on this gas chemical that will really like kill everybody kind of thing. Yep, and so. Ludendorff. Ludendorff. And so the... Maru. Dr. Maru. We Mar- keep saying Moreau. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dr. Poison. Yeah. Um, so so they want to basically like kind of sign this armistice and then sneak attack the world and keep the war going mm-hmm. and take over the world. Uh, so the, the British are, are... They don't want Chris Pine and Diana to go and take care of this poison problem. That's the macro plot of the movie. Why again? You just said it. I just said it. So I'm not going to explain it again because the audience will hear it twice. This part of the movie I just got kind of lost. But it was a me thing, you know? Yeah. Not a movie thing. Uh, Well, you've said this before, and I don't think this is bad. You're you're not you don't do super well with well with the like the big stuff. Yeah, you're you're more keyed into the characters and the the small moments, which you those are what stick with you anyway. You know what I mean? Like like before the movie, I wouldn't have been able to tell you this whole thing about the armistice. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because this is also your second time. This is my first time. So like the second time you pick up some of that stuff. You know, third, fourth, fifth, seventh. You know, hundredth. Yeah. Um. So then Chris Pine's like, okay, we got to put together a team and we're going to go take care of this. And, and of course she's like, yes. So they, they, but, but their, their expectations are different. He is like not really thinking about combat necessarily. It's like infiltrating. She is like, we need to go fight. Yeah. Cause she's like, we're going to go to the God. Yep. Ares. I'm going to kill him, him. And then the war is going to be over. It's that simple to her. And uh, and like he the whole time is like, it is not, you have no idea what's going on. It is not that simple. The the conflict between those two expectations are really good. Yeah. 
So yeah, they get a team. They get all the people we talked about, the three dudes. Yeah. Um, and they go, is it, do they first, they go to the trenches. Yep, they go to the trenches. So she, as they're getting there, though, they pass people in a village who are like having to evacuate where a battle just happened. Yeah, yeah. And she is seeing like uh, people, like dead people, injured people, children, she wants to help all women, of them. orphans. Yeah, she wants to help all of them. Chris Pine is telling her, you, well, eventually when they get to the trenches, a woman is telling her, like, you, we, there is no food. They've taken everything. They've killed us. You have to help me. And she's like, okay, I will help you. And Chris Pine's like, you can't help everybody. Yeah. And that like really does not make sense to her and really like disappoints her that he says that. But yeah. that is like the naivety that well, she's coming in with. So I, I want to stress like scenes like this because scenes yeah. like this are building to a moment where she realizes that the world is not as simple as she thought it was. Not this, as simple this, as the Greek myth. Yeah. And this whole movie, you can't convince me otherwise after watching it twice it is building to her as a character understanding this is complicated. Yeah. And humanity in itself is not just cut and dry. Yeah. It's not like there's a god of war, you kill him, and now everything's good again. There's too many people playing this game. Yeah. So the movie's building to that as its statement, which if that's one of its statements... You've just made one of the best superhero movies ever you've made. You've made like top five. Yeah. And we all just say like, I wish some of the effects were better. Yeah. That's all we say about uh -huh. it. Uh-huh. Okay. So just put plan that flag there. Just remember that flag's there. We're going to get to it really hard at the end here. Um, so they go to the bunkers, and then th this scene rules. Mm -hmm. I love this scene where she gets out of the bunker, and they're saying it's no man's land, which is a real term they use mm -hmm. in World War One. And they're in these trenches, and she's like, I don't care. I'm going to go help these people. And what's cool, it reminds me of that scene in Lord of the Rings where the ring wraith says, uh, the, the wraith oh, king, he no says. no man can kill me. And she says, I am no man. And it's, oh, I guess we chills just even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and this reminds me of that where it's like, it's kind of a play on words where it's like, it's no man's land, but she's, she's a like, woman. Okay, I'll but go. She, she's a woman, so yeah. she can get through it. You know, it's yeah. kind of like a fun. I, I thought that this scene looked really good with the. It's the, awesome. The like flashing of all of the bullets hitting off of her shield. Yeah. And the destruction that they're walking through, like all the burnt trees and stuff, I thought that looked really good. Yeah, it's it's great. And so she just like attacks this front. This is the first real Wonder Woman uh -huh. scene. Uh -huh. And she's in the, the costume and stuff. And it's just like, yeah. I love leading up to that moment. He keeps telling, she keeps trying to disrobe and like go fight. Yeah. And he's like, you cannot, you are like naked <laughs> because of her costume is yeah. like she, her shoulders are showing and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's just so good. And then they, they continue the attack. They go to this little town mm -hmm. and there's a nice battle sequence there as well. Yeah. Um, some of those effects are like when she picks up the tank, it's like, Ooh, woof, that looked bad. Oh yeah. But it's, but it's still, strong. it's still pretty cool. Yeah. She, uh, she even takes down the sniper in the tower. Yeah. And I'm that's just saying things now. But that was the scene where she goes into the building, and that's all those little slow motion shots that I thought were effective. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, I mean, for the most part, that sequence is cool. Mm -hmm. And then they take the picture that will be the reason Lex Luthor is able to <laughs> with this picture. Get over it. So the picture's taken, and all the town is celebrating. 
Because these, yeah, these, this is a great scene. Five people came and saved the town, and I, I saw that one moment when she's, she's looking at uh, the chief, and I think people are trying to pay him, like give him money oh, for what, what he did. Okay, That's yeah. what it looked like, and uh-huh. he's like, no, no, no. And then later on, um, the guy from Train Spotting, what's the character name? Do not remember what his character Charlie. Charlie. He's playing the piano in that bar. Like that's very sweet. People are dancing in the streets. I it's love just all such this. a celebration. And that's we have more chemistry between Chris Pine and Diane. Yeah, he teaches her how to dance. Okay, his name is Steve. Steve and Diane. Yeah. Diana. Uh yeah, he teaches her how to dance. It starts snowing and she's, she's never experienced yeah, snow before. That's great. Very sweet. And then they have their intimate moment. Yes. I, I, I love that part of the movie. It's just it's just so sweet and nice. And then they have to go to this ballroom. A gala. A gala. Thrown by the Germans because they're celebrating a, a battle that was won. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Dr. Poison will be there and that's who they want. Yeah. So they go to that, you know, shenanigans ensue. <laughs> I mean, is there anything you want to say about well, that that, that's, that's the moment when Chris Pine's talking to Dr. Poison and he almost gets her, but then Diana walks in and he's kind of like one, probably taken with her beauty. And then also like, crap, she's not supposed to be here. Yeah. So and I love, ruins she's the got the sword and she's going to kill him. She believes um, Ludendorff. Ludendorff is Ares. Ares, yeah. So yeah, like you said, she's about to kill him. She doesn't. And then, like, some gas goes off. In a, in a nearby village. And she goes to, she, like, r- gets on a horse, mm-hmm. goes to the village. Does not affect her. Doesn't affect her, no. But she sees, like, everyone's dying in there. And she, see, this is another moment, plant your flag, where she's saying, like, she's seeing the complexities of this. And uh-huh. just how, like, evil humanity can be for no reason. Because uh-huh. she does not see a discernible reason why this is happening. So yep. she's just appalled. Yeah. But maybe she's going to learn this lesson. And she's mad at Steve because I almost had him. She still believes that that man is Aries. I almost had him, and because you stopped me, these people died. And he is still trying to tell her it is not that simple. It's just not that simple. Okay. I mean, when I'm watching the movie the first time, I'm like, are they going to do what I think they're going to do? What this movie is leading up to. Yeah. Which is, again, that there is no Greek god, and this is a fallen world. And that is quite the statement. Because mm-hmm. then you're also saying, I, I think the other message is, though this world, at times, the Great War seems to be beyond repair, and there's nothing you can do about it, you can still choose to do good. Yes. That's a great message. I yep. love that. That's such a super superhero message. Yeah. So that's what it's building to. And I'm going, are they doing this? Because if they're going to do this, holy crap. <laughs> Then we get to the final set piece of the movie. Yeah. And she uh, gets to Ludendorff. 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 <laughs> Sorry, audience, I keep messing that up. And she fights him. She's got her god-killer sword, and then they're having some stuff. He's he's smelling those chemicals, and his face oh, is gosh, turning it's bad. So bad. And then she stabs him. Yep. And nothing happens. And then she's hearing the bombs go off still. Yeah. And so here is what I think should have happened. She stabs him. Then she talks to Chris Pine and 
he's he he says you're saying what he act that monologue that he actually had yeah like, where yeah. he says he says i know he didn't die but we have to stop these chemicals they're still gonna go off uh-huh this is a bit anticlimactic she uh-huh. kills this guy and nothing happens and he says maybe we're all to blame like humanity is complex and and um don't you think i wish it was just one bad guy yeah he says that and i'm going Oh my gosh, this movie is a masterpiece. If this is what they're doing, this is a masterpiece. So he's saying that and he's going, I wish it was just that simple, but it's not. And her response is, I can't do this. Great. It's all bigger than me. I, I'm out. I'm going back home. And, and I think, keep all of that. Yeah. And then instead of, so what happens is Chris Pine goes, okay, I have to save these people. I'm going to choose to do good in a world where evil is so prevalent and it's not simple. So he goes and he, him and his team are going to stop these chemicals from being released. They're going to like drop them probably on a country. Like yeah. there were that many. Yeah. And it's a bad chemical. It's like the mustard gas. Yeah. Um, but it like deteriorates. Yeah. It's like bone it's, and, it's comic book version. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's just going to go back to Amazon is what it seems. But then what happens is Aries shows up and he's like, you were right. I'm here. Yeah. So it it pulls out the rug from under the entire statement that the movie's trying to make is how it feels to me. Yeah. Um, but if that didn't happen, none of the airy stuff happened, and then the the huge climax of the movie is she's headed back to Amazon, and then she goes, you know what? No. And she goes and she helps them stop the chemicals, and she learns one that the world is complex. And two, she chooses to do good mm-hmm. in a dark world. Mm-hmm. And it's not a big End bad guy. of story. And if that happened, I think, personally, this would be the best DCEU movie. Although up to, out of the four we've watched so far, this one's definitely the best. Um, and this would be, like, as good as uh, uh, any of, like, the A-plus Marvels. You know what would be a potentially good idea... So all the stuff in this movie, what you're talking about, yes. Ares doesn't come, like that's not part of this. It's all complex like you're talking about. And their endgame version is Ares. Like like several movies later, whatever they want to do in the middle. Yeah. They could do it later. But to do it in this, like they really feel like they needed to. But to do it in this movie, it is like all you're saying. Yeah. Like it could be their Thanos. <laughs> yeah. I just think it uproots everything that the well, movie said. It also doesn't quite make sense to me. I have I I do have never read a Wonder Woman comic. And I I it's just I'm sh- it, it's hard to like I feel like it's lame to bring this up, but it is like okay, so Ares is real. And what I was told is once Ares is killed, war's over. Okay. There's a second later, world war. Or not 30, but yeah, 20 years not later. Not that long later, there is a second world war. And not only that, we still have Vietnam. We have Korea. Like <laughs> We have General Zod. So, we have General we have, Zod. Uh, uh, Doomsday. So like even in That's not none of that is true. I know. It because and you do have to think of it that way because this world takes place in our world, you know? Yeah. Like well, all that stuff happens. And I think what they try to do is when Ares shows up, he says I don't make wars. I just influence people. But that just feels like a cop out to yeah. me. And it it's like, well, you're still 
if you're still putting these ideas in their head, you're still starting war. So if you're not there to, by the logic of the movie, if you're not there to put these ideas in people's heads, then wars don't happen. And then I get, I mean, the thing you could, the workaround is humans are just sinful and bad. Yeah. That's why but, the other ones But happen. that's what it feels like the movie is saying. And then they're like, yep. no, but it, everyone is influenced by Ares. Yep. And yeah. that... And I still th- I still like this movie a lot. I want to stress that. But it's just... It's funny when a movie... Not funny, but it's just so blatantly obvious to me that this is the rewrite. And it makes no sense to me that they... It's just like, how do you not see that this movie is like... 20 actually like 75% better if this is the ending. Yep. Because you're going against the ideology that you've set up the whole movie. Yep. But instead, Ares, you have this big long fight and uh it's okay. But there are some cool Wonder Woman moments that I liked. Yeah. Where she's, you know, using her powers and stuff. Chris Pine or Steve sacrifices himself on that plane on the plane. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like that moment too, where she can't hear anything like tinnitus, but it doesn't have it doesn't the have ringing. Tinnitus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so you can't hear what he's saying and it's like, well, that is so tragic. And yeah. then the, the, like, she does think about what he says. And I like that they have that moment. Yeah. It's good. But I will say, you know, you, you said that that moment, where Ares brings Dr. Poison and says, kill her. I know you said you liked that moment. That moment felt so out of left field to me. Okay. I just was like, what? I, I, it's hard. Well, no, you're, you're right. I think it does too, because especially at that point, Dr. Moreau, who cares what's happening with her? This is so much bigger than her. Well, and I, I know that he says like, you can join me, but right away she's like, no. Uh-huh. And then, and then he's like, kill this woman. And I'm going, why? Well, he's there, do, he's doing the whole thing where he's like a worm in her ear, yeah, trying it, to convince her that the that they deserve it. Like he's trying to make her a villain, but it just doesn't. Well, I feel like that. So that tells me as if that's the Doctor Poison's arc was all leading up to her just being a test for Wonder Woman. Yeah, and when she decided not to kill her, I mean, who knows where did she go? Yeah, she's still doing it, poison. I don't know. It's just. It just feels like they're using like shorthand because you've seen it in other movies. Yeah. But it, this movie never was leading up to that moment. Yeah. So it to me, I'm like, yeah, she's not what I okay. It, I, it kind of feels like the god kill when she realizes she's the god killer. Where I'm just like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, but I, I do it. like what it represents. Yeah. But I get what you're, I, that's I agree fine. with what you're saying. And then the movie wraps up. She's she writes an email back to Bruce Wayne, and she's like, Brother, "Thanks so for dumb. getting this photo for me." <laughs> and you know, it's the whole photo thing. I know that that's from BVS, so that is not on Patty Jenkins. Um, but it is just funny because it's like, yeah, there's also an old photo from like the 1800s that looks exactly like Nicolas Cage, but we're not like we we can make jokes about it, but. Is that for real? Yeah, there's a there's a guy that looks like Nicolas Cage in like the 1800s. Um, yeah, look it up. Go ahead. But it's I don't know. That's not enough to blackmail Nicolas Cage into doing something you want him to do. Like who who would ever look at that World War One photo and go, "That's you"? They'd say, "Hey, this person looks like you." How weird is that? And you'd move on. <laughs> huh? Oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan is looking up the photo. 
Yeah, go ahead and look it up, folks. So, does this prove your theory that you think he's an alien? It is. It, I mean, I guess I'm disproving what I just said about humanity, but he might be an alien. Yeah. So that's wild. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's Wonder Woman. I like the movie a lot. I'll probably watch it again someday. I think it's a good movie. Um, even though I have that huge problem with the ending, I, I like it more than Man of Steel, BVS, and Suicide Squad by a lot. Mm-hmm. Like this one, I can say without putting an asterisk next to it, I like this movie. Yeah. Like Man of Steel, I feel like I have to say, okay, I like this movie kind of, but I have to go through a whole like paragraph of explanation to justify that opinion, you know? Yeah. This one's like, no, I like Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's good. Um, what about you? Final thoughts on this movie? I like it. It's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next week we are, well, this is July now and folks guess what? If you go to patreon.com slash M I C A H M C C A W, that's my name. And it's in the no- episode notes here and sign up for $3, you can listen to our episode on Space Jam. That's right, folks. We covered Space Jam this month, and next month on Talk Patreon, we're doing... people in a trench coat. What? People in a trench coat. Stacked oh, up yeah, in a trench coat. Yeah. Uh, great scene in that. Um, and then uh, in August, we're going to be covering Space Jam, A New Legacy. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to want to listen to that. It was a very fun episode. It was. Um, and I'm excited to watch the new movie now. Yeah, me too. And then if you are as confused as everyone seems to be about this series, next week it is Justice League. So, what would people think it would be? I, I just have noticed anytime I mention to people, because none of these episodes have come out yet, folks, of the DC universe, anytime I mention it, people are like, okay, so which movies are you covering? Oh, so, because, okay. It, okay. it is confusing because it's like, well, there's a Joker movie, there's yeah. a Batman movie coming out, yeah, and yeah, yeah, right. Are you doing Snyder Cut? We're not doing Snyder Cut. We're not doing the Batman, and we're not doing Joker. We're just doing the technical theatrical releases of the DC Extended Universe. So the next one up is Justice League, and then we're finally through the purifying fire, and we can cover <laughs> some good movies after that in the DC Universe. That's the last of the straight up bad well apparently wonder woman 1984 is not great well i haven't seen it okay we'll see okay maybe we're gonna love it maybe we won't but that that once we get through justice league we can look forward to the movies that we're gonna watch is what i mean okay so justice league next week and it is the theatrical joss whedon version of the movie the worst movie ever made maybe we're covering that next week so and if you liked our Suicide Squad episode and liked ranting, because Jordan and I, always, we always try and give the movie the benefit of the doubt. Oh, honey, just wait until next week. We are going to nail that thing to a wall and throw whipped cream pies at it all episode long. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>